Let's do it. Hello and welcome back to Grief Burrito. We talk games. We talk movies. And today we're talking about what builds hype in the bustling hype. gaming world. We're going to take a look back at what got us hyped in our earlier retro life and even have some comments from the wonderful Carlos, one of our previous guests, and his work on Destiny 2 and Forza Horizon 4. Jordan. Yes. Hit me that brand new spicy intro music for 2021. Welcome to episode 93, guys. I'm Harrison Wilde. And I'm Jordan Shanson. The only man, the only man, whose beard cannot be trimmed with his own mortal hands. <laughs> it's not possible. I've tried. It's that long that his arms can't physically reach. It's an ordeal, is what it is. As you heard in today's intro, guys, today's topic is what builds hype in the gaming world. So, Jordan, tell me. What was the first game that you remember being hyped over? Like a burning feeling of hype? Burning sizzling? I can't actually remember the first game that I ever got hyped for. However, I can tell you the last one. It was the incredibly exciting Halo ODST. The odds itself. I have actually started that this week again because it, for some reason it's free again on the Master Chief Collection. So if anyone listening hasn't played this game, get on it now because ODST and Reach are both in the Master Chief Collection where you have to pay before. I don't know why they've changed that up, but I'm really glad. That it's was the, an incredible game. It's a great game. And the, the trailer they released for it, was it the first live action thing they did? It actually could have been. I'm thinking of the claymation one for Halo 3, but it's not that. Yeah, because that's a different game. Yeah, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no that's worries. been me, guys. Back, Thanks. Bro. Join us again next yes. week. <laughs> See you later. Well, isn't it like following a recruit as they trained to get ready? Yes, it was. Like shell-shocked, things like that. Yeah, and there was I think there was four parts. It was four trailers. And they're actually on YouTube stacked together now, I think. It, it was a great ad campaign. It was brilliant. Well, I'd imagine that would get people pretty hyped, Harrison, wouldn't you? So hype, yeah. I'm, I'm shocked that you don't remember your first one, though. Like, do you, is that really the earliest you remember? I think it's the last time I ever got hyped for a game. Because now That's I really just sad. don't really. <laughs> no, nothing really hypes me like that anymore. Because like we've said a thousand times, we're in the age of refinement instead of the age of innovation. ODST was one of those games where it was a completely different take on the Halo universe. Obviously, it was nothing like Halo Wars, where it was an RTS, but it was different enough because you weren't playing as a Spartan. And that was really interesting to me. Plus, it came with a dank controller, UNSC controller. Dank. Yeah, I think we actually got the full Xbox. Yeah, we got the whole, the special edition ODST Xbox, I think. I think I've got it downstairs. It was like the gunmetal grey with all the patterns on it, wasn't it? That was Halo Reach. Was that Reach? Yes, and it came with silver controllers. Ah, yes, that's right. Because so I had that as well. Stache, just getting all the consoles. And we had loads of them. We had loads of different special edition ones, and we don't even know why. They're still downstairs. I feel like I should probably sell them at some point. Do it. Find them in our merch store. <laughs> just like stick them on the burrito <laughs> store. At here. Forward slash odds. Yeah, I'm trying to think the, the earliest I can remember back for being hyped for games, because I don't remember like Majora's Mask trailers, because I think I was too young at that point. I would have been in year five or six, I think. I don't really remember Ocarina of Time's trailer. I don't know if they would have had real trailers. Yeah, yeah, they did. Really? Because I remember Mario was a big one. Yeah, Mario did as well. A Link to the Past had a rap video, believe it or not. You are kidding me. I am not kidding you. I remember getting my first initial hype for stuff like Majora's Mask on gaming magazines, actually. Me and my friends used to go to the newsagent and we would, obviously, you'd buy gaming magazines back then to get the stuff to get the cheat code book that was usually included in there because they were gold you get all sorts of stuff like the secret codes for GoldenEye and stuff on the N64 and I had one that I actually still have the magazine lying around somewhere I, I remember boxing it away and it said on the front uh, Zelda Gaiden which is what the, the title was for Majora's Mask before it was ever properly announced and it just essentially meant Zelda the next story it was like the expansion because at that point it was going to be an expansion and moving on from there, really, the first big game I remember being hyped for was Zelda Wind Waker. I remember seeing the trailer after seeing some other images of what's called the Space World trailer. I don't know if you've seen that at all, Jordan. I think I might have. Remind me. It's like realistic style Link and Ganondorf having a sword fight. 
Yes, I remember and, that. I remember yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the old, it's like it was kind of before normal maps, so they're still a bit shiny. The textures aren't that that good, but it looks kind of cool, you know, but it's more of a realistic style. And Grim then, and realistic. Yeah, it was quite dark. Much more of what like Ocarina of Time would look like if it was done up or uh, Twilight Princess if it was done down, I suppose, like the generation earlier. But the, the Wind Waker one came out and sort of shocked everyone with the graphical style. And a lot of people know that a lot of people didn't like the, that style. But I thought it was great. Like, I remember getting way hyped, me and my friend Will, and we both saved, like, our dinner money from school. Like, we didn't eat so we could afford to buy Wind Waker. <laughs> and people say video games aren't dangerous. They ain't going to do any harm to our kids back then. It was fine. Hey, we were losing weight. We were getting video games. Exactly. I was a bit podged back then. I could stand to lose a few pounds. <laughs> Are there any other games of recent that you can think of that you were hyped for? I mean, there's this particular one that I saw very recently, which was Outlanders. And I think we discussed this on an episode a few months back. It's I the one that so. kind of looks like if you crossed Gears of War with Destiny and it's actually made by People Can Fly. Do you remember? I have never heard of this before. Have you not? No. Are you sure we talked about it? I thought we did because I thought it was when we were talking about like what makes a good game trailer, which was one of our previous episodes. When you're listening to this is your first episode. Are you Welcome, speaking to co-hosts behind my back, Harrison? I, I might be, yeah. Secret co-hosts. <laughs> you listen really quietly and turn up the third channel on the podcast. You can hear <laughs> an extra host in the background. Yeah, it, this is a, a trailer that came out recently that was using very heavy music by a band called Zeal and Ardor and oh God, it got me way hype. And I think it was just because of the heavy music. Like music is something that gets me anyway. Like, you know that, you know, I like my music. I do, yeah. Uh, listeners will probably know that as well for any returning guys. But this trailer just was interesting. It's something that we haven't really seen before. It, it just, it's stepping out of what you usually have seen. Like the blending of two different styles. It's definitely got that three-person squad thing that a lot of people seem to be doing at the moment, which I kind of wish they wouldn't do, but... It's just going to go down to two, and then one, and then zero. And then it's just a solo game, and then it's just a film, and then what's the point? <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to... I, I remember I was actually really hyped for Skyrim. I took a few days off to play Skyrim. A lot of people did, yeah. Because I mm. loved Oblivion. Oblivion was one of my favourite games of all time. And unfortunately, I don't think Skyrim lived up, but the hype was definitely there. Just like the the Doverkin song, just like coming on. Doverkin! And the dragon. Doverkin. And yeah. <laughs> that was a good trailer. I actually watched it again the other day when we were doing research for this episode. I, I actually went back and checked that one out because I remember it being good. And like, you know, I, I'm not a fan of Bethesda games. I, I never got into Oblivion or Skyrim or any of the Elder Scrolls games, really, but I appreciate the trailer for. It's hype man status. It was in the back, like, whoa, whoa. You know, it was like shouting <laughs> on stage with you. It, it was a very good trailer. And it, that was live action as well, wasn't it? Skyrim? Yeah, they had a live action trailer, didn't they? I don't remember a live action one. I remember a non-live action one. I thought you were going to say a non-live action. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember I was excited for Fallout 4 as well. But Skyrim and Fallout 4 were both kind of letdowns. Yeah. But yeah. I did get super hyped for both of them. So actually, what, what, that might not be the last thing I was hyped for. I remember being yeah, sat at work. What I remember being sat at work, uh, and the announcement was made, and the live stream was on, and yeah. me and my colleague just huddled around my computer, like watching this like release thing. And my manager just being like, what the fuck are you two doing? We're like, Fallout 4, Fallout 4. He was like, Fallout right, just, 4, that's what we're doing. He's like, right, just as long as you get your work done, I don't care. Just don't make it so obvious. Just don't make it a scene. Stop making it a scene. He's like, don't make it, don't make it obvious that you're not doing any fucking work. Yeah. I, in my head, the vision that I got was like the Matrix, you know, like the cubicles. Like yeah. Mr. Anderson and you're in there like, oh my God, hiding, like shuffling between the different ones so you can carry on watching the live stream. Being hunted down by your your manager in sunglasses. Did you know that that is basically what happened? No, the movie, <laughs> The Matrix is based on that. Loosely based on my life. <laughs> Do you remember being hyped about No Man's Sky? Because I know a lot of people were hyped by that one. No, I, I didn't really mind, to be honest. I, I wasn't really into it. No, I, I, I was already playing Elite Dangerous at the time. So I kind of had my space fix. Oh, yeah. You so had I, big space I didn't have beams. another one because there was also... Star Citizen, but Elite Dangerous seemed to be the better of the three at the time. So I just stuck with that. I'm quite happy that I didn't get hyped for it. Can you actually... That's a very good point, yeah. Like, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't too hyped for it. Like, I again, I appreciated the trailer. I was like, this 
looks like a great concept, but I didn't buy it right away. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't because I would have been very disappointed as a lot of people were. With Star Citizen, can you actually play that now? I think it's an early access, yeah. Is that what it is, early access? I was very confused because obviously it's still being, you know, it's still being produced at the moment in the studio in Wilmslow, isn't it? So it's, yeah, I wasn't you, sure uh, whether you could get hold of it. Very close to my office where I work. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I, I want to see more of that game, but again, I don't want to get too hyped over it. Uh, I don't do think that if, game's ever going to be finished. Do you think it's going to be one that's just like forever in it, beta? It'll just go on forever. And that's fine. If people enjoy it, there's no problem with it just going on forever. But I, it's mm. not something I think I'll get behind, unfortunately. No, and like I suppose now, like this is something that I'm learning about currently with like the making of the cephalopod app and stuff. It's very much like with the new age of technology, it's mu you're much more capable now to do more iterative rollout of features. And that's just because of how like you know fast the internet is now and you can do builds and you can do patches and upgrades. And like we've seen actually with No Man's Sky, like they add stuff all the time and it's, you know, they're constantly bringing out stuff. I think that it's much more accessible that way as well. Like I wouldn't be annoyed if I bought a game and they were bringing out loads more features later on. And like that's, I have No Man's Sky now and like I'm happy to play the new features that they bring out. And it doesn't make me as annoyed because I can see that more stuff's coming. Do you know what I mean? I think with those kind of games, it's about identifying who you want to buy it. Because yeah. there aren't a lot of games with that scope for space. If you want to start, like, there's not many mm -hmm. games that have a huge universe you can explore. So people no, don't no. have a choice, really. So they've identified that part of the market and made a game that, you know, helps out with that. They are yeah, kind of one of yeah. the go-tos out of the big three. They are. They've, they've targeted their audience pretty damn well, if anything. Exactly. I think that's a really Im important part of any marketing strategy. It's just identifying who you want. And that takes yeah. us on really well into... Uh, our little bits of hype strategy, doesn't it, Harrison? Yes, it does indeed. Let's do it. So with this, you've got to think about identifying who you actually want to get and who you want to get hyped. So whether it's you an RPG-loving technophile, like the people who buy cyberpunk, or a chicken-loving romantic, when it's games like <laughs> I Love You, Colonel Sanders. I When I saw that in the notes... <laughs> that, that game's name, I was like, is Jordan okay? Like, has he made this up? No, no, no. It's... Uh, it was what KFC did before the, I forgot what it's called, the Lifetime movie. Oh, yes. Oh, wait, hang on. So this is the one that uh, Thingy, Mr. Penford, put in the chat. Yes. In Discord. Right, right. Yeah, sorry. I have seen it. Yes, yes. <laughs> so yeah, they. Uh, let's move on from the I love you, Colonel Sanders proportion. Oh, yes. Not yeah. proportion. Portion, like a chicken portion. portion. A lovely breast and leg fillet. <laughs> From there, it becomes down to like, do you target people over YouTube, things like that? Because I get recommended a lot of different video games. And a lot of yeah, them do yeah. tend to be stuff that I would most likely go for. So it's a good way of doing it like that, where you just say, what kind of videos do these people watch? I watch a lot of Tarkov yeah. videos, so I get a lot of first-person shooter or survival games advertised to me. I never get game adverts. I rarely, really? rarely. Yeah, the most thing I've been getting at the moment is football. I don't watch football. I have never expressed any kind of want to watch football, so I have no idea why I'm getting that. And also gambling awareness. And I have never gambled. <laughs> I have never... It's Ladbrokes adverts and stuff. Again, I think it's because of the football thing. They're trying to... I don't know why. It's really annoying. I would, I would die. I would gamble if it would give me... Like, game adverts. That's what I want in my life. <laughs> I I think there's a great thing about the targeting of people. It's like I said with the adverts Whoa. for us. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm a hitman by trade. Yeah. So we're targeting it like that. There was uh, a lot of stuff done within video game magazines with the... Do you remember the PS Vita? Yes, yeah. So in the gaming uh, magazines, there'd be a single page... And it'd be a woman with breasts on the front and on the back. Because she had the Vita on the back. A, yes, the Vita had a touchscreen on the front and on the back. Oh, I see where you're going. I thought I just heard you wrong. Right. No, right. So it was it's a way of sexualizing it because the general consensus back in back in the day, especially yeah. with like Nintendo and things like that, was that people who played video games were basically, for lack of a better phrase, kissless virgins. Ouch. Yes. Yeah. And but the thing is, we all know that stereotype. Oh yeah. We I mean, all personally, know... I'm saving myself a marriage. 
when when they develop waifus. So, yeah. <laughs> and Nintendo did it as well, where there'd be a woman lay in bed, uh, kind of looking all seductive and whatnot, and there'd be a guy playing uh, Nintendo, Nintendo uh, Game Boy. Ah, oh, okay. So I think it's right. really because the majority of gamers are men. Yeah, you can build yeah. hype within that by sexualizing it towards men, which again, it's right. a, it's an incredible strategy because that's obviously what guys are attracted to and what draws their attention more than what draws your attention more than boobs. What can well, I say? There you go. Some people just love looking at those wabbos. And that it's just one of those where it's it's making people excited with adverts about something they like. So it's just like teasing people, you know what I mean? Just making them thirsty. Just getting a bit thirsty. Yeah. It, yeah, speaking of speaking of that thirst, if there's any listeners out there who've got any games that you're thirsting over right now, let us know because this conversation will be carrying on in the Discord in the link below. So if you want to join up, let us know. We'll get you in there. I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like the sexualizing of the adverts. Like I remember seeing, what was it now? It was Aston Martin. And maybe you might have seen this. Maybe some other people might have because I know there's a Wilms, in Wilmslow, there's an Aston Martin garage. So you might have seen it there. And it was a, a lady in... Very lovely lingerie, you know. She she looked she looked apart. She was like banging, as some people would say. But she was an she was an older woman. She was obviously in her for I don't want to say older, like older. She was in her forties. A more something. mature lady, a milf. Let's say a milf. That's the common term. Like, if I say milf, people will know what I mean. Um, a Mario, I'd like to fun. But the the slogan of it was. It doesn't matter if you're her first, because at least you've got her now. And it was for secondhand Aston Martins. Uh, I don't like. And I was not, like, don't get me wrong. Oh, that's uh. yeah, it's really kind of I don't want to say scummy, it's just it underhanded. Is, no, it, a sleazy was the first thought sleazy, that came to my mind. I was yeah. just like, ah, oh, mate, like that shouldn't be used in adverts. And this was in like the 2010s. Like this, we're not talking about the 90s. This was yeah. like recently. <laughs> uh, just to clarify, I don't agree with the way that they're sexualizing people to do this. It's just it oh, works, no, I didn't think clearly. That, yeah. It clearly Yeah, works. just in case any listeners thought we were agreeing, we don't agree with that. Yeah, yeah. it's definitely the wrong way to go. It, but One it works. The, uh, it's hard to argue with the evidence that people buy it. And, they you know, do, and we're talking that, about it now. We're talking exactly. about the Aston Martin advert. And I, yeah, I, I obviously remembered it, didn't I? So yeah, you, yeah. You're, you're right there. And this is kind Again, of something that we'll, Another we'll way get of just into. teasing people. Yeah, yeah, literally teasing. And it's this is something we'll get into later on that, you know, the whole thing about showing stuff that's getting it hyped and then people buying the pre-order and then being disappointed. It's the same kind of thing. Are you saying that Aston Martin isn't a Mel Harrison? Yes, I am. It's false selling. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing he's mad about. That's what I'm mad about, yes. Yes. So speaking of teasing, teasing then brings us on to the next section, which is teasing. I'm saying teasing too much. You are saying teasing way too much. I can imagine listeners cringing at the (laughs) constant sound of the word teasing in their ears. Moist teasing. Getting people thirsty, right? There's there's a few different ways of going about teasing people, like and getting them to the point where they're they're kind of really invested, and they want to know more. They're showing limited bits of footage, pre-rendered trailers, trick or released videos, and kind of new staff moving to different projects. So I've got a little bit on each of those. So the first one I'd like to go with is showing limited footage, yes. which I'd say a good example of that is Dark Souls Two. Very good example, yeah. Because Dark Souls 2, if any, for anyone who hasn't played it, if you guys have played Dark Souls 2, let us know what you think about it in the comments because I'd love to see yeah, what you yeah. think and where it stacks mm-hmm. up to other Dark Souls games. It's a divisive point for a lot of Dark Souls fans, isn't it? Some people absolutely love it and some people absolutely despise it. It is by far the worst Souls-like game I've ever played. Yes. Because it yeah. changes so much from what the original was great at. So it's like yeah, the invincibility roles had changed, so you had to relearn how to do everything the entire darkness thing. The world was a lot more washed out as well. And it just didn't feel very soulsy. But with that, they showed in the trailers, it was, there was a live action-y rendery one with the guy fighting the marionettes. Is it marionettes? It was, yeah, the guys in the masks and then he gets uh, set on fire by the dragon at the end, doesn't he? And he gets shot with arrows and he's knelt down wearing the Faram armor. I've I've got that action figure. That is a great trailer. Yeah, you do. I'm so jealous. I I might have to pick up (laughs) A Dark Souls figure from somewhere. Like I got that from Florida. Really? I flew it back from Florida with me. That's dedication. Exactly. I think it was like forty bucks. Nice. It's not bad. It's not bad. No, for not a bad at all. Like that. Like but, it's a quality figure as well. Because they showed through as well. They showed you know people going through with the torches and using the Pharaoh stones. 
Yeah. And it yeah. was interesting, but they didn't show kind of the... They showed interesting gimmicky areas and didn't show the rest of the gameplay as for what it was. Like the That's rest right. of the yeah. combat and how parrying had changed and everything like that. It's just... They did a really good job of giving Dark Souls fans what they wanted without showing them the things they didn't want. Yeah, you're completely right there. I didn't really think about that. They were kind of shrouding it, weren't they? They were like holding back the bad bits that they knew people wouldn't like. Exactly. I pre-ordered that game. I got the Steelbook. Same. Yeah. I same, was yeah. so excited for Dark Souls 2, and it was just such a big letdown. But that's I mean, it is what it is. Mm. To me personally, anyway, I'm sure a lot of other people really liked it, and that's absolutely fine. It's just yeah. for me, it took away from what Dark Souls was, in that it was this game where if you get good enough, you can absolutely, you know, just trounce through the game. But I just couldn't get to that point because I didn't have any interest and I didn't like the mechanics. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy playing it because I did, because I like I like the setting of Dark Souls. It's like The world interests me enough with all the lore and that kind of stuff. But I will say that looking back on it, it soured a lot after I finished it. I was kind of like, oh, that was uh, harder than it needed to be and wasn't interesting enough to validate me to continue through it, if you know what I mean. I, Whereas Dark Souls 1 is, is that good that you suffer through it and you're still like, that was brilliant. Like, I still enjoyed that. Whereas Dark Souls 2, not so much. I can't think of a time in Dark Souls 2 where I beat a difficult area and was like, right, let's get to the next one. I'm excited to see what's next. Whereas that really? was the entirety of my Dark Souls 1. I just yeah, wanted Dark Souls yeah. 2 to end. Yeah, I know what you mean. And the ending was ass as well, I will say that. Indeed. Right, let's move on from that one because yes, let's move on. Dark Souls 2 is a bit of a sore subject. Pre-rendered trailers. Mm. I loved Dying Light's pre-rendered trailer. I don't remember it. It's the zombie game, right? Am I confusing myself? Yeah, this is, it's the zombie one that's like parkour as well. Exactly, thank God. I, I just had a brain fart. I was like, is this the same game? <laughs> Dying Light had a trailer where it's following a runner called Brecken, who's being chased by volatiles. Brecken, 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 break, stick that sword into that snake. <laughs> Sorry. And we're I thinking about realize. Aladdin a lot today, apparently. Yeah, because we were talking about so, Aladdin You before. did, yeah. yeah. So we, in the trailer, you actually, I didn't realize this at the time until I got further into the game. The person you're following is actually someone that you help out in the game. Oh, wow, okay. And that person actually saves your character. Nice, right. And so then it follows them. It's like a backstory them. to the exactly. To the lore of the game. Exactly, didn't know that whatsoever until I rewatched the trailer afterwards. I was like, holy shit, that's Brecken. No way. And, and that's it, nice when you realize stuff looking back like that. Exactly. And the stuff they do in the trailer from memory, if I recall, is mm -hmm. all pretty much on brand for what you can do. So on the free brand. running, they're getting chased by volatiles, they're having to look around and figure out what you can do and trying to escape into daylight because volatiles can't yeah. deal with UV light. It's okay. just a really, really good and interesting kind of take on what a character's day would be like in that universe. Yeah, yeah, very cool. I, I, it's still a game I've never played. It's, it's one I want to play. My brother absolutely loved it. He, we'll he do it multiplayer. Him. We'll play through it in multiplayer. I would love that. Yes, please. We'll do it. We'll stream it one day. Yes, yes. <laughs> do the double stream. That'd be sick. Can you think, Has of any games that do trickle release? So when they uh, have yes. small videos that come out every now and again, just to say, we're coming out, we're doing it. There's one that springs to mind for me. Coming out, we're here. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to look at the notes of what you've written, but I'm thinking you might want to talk about Cyberpunk 2077. Yes, yes, I do. <laughs> so when Cyberpunk was coming up to release, what they did is they had new videos every once in a while just to say these are the weapons we have, these are the gangs that have taken over different parts of Night City. Mm -hmm. And it just kept going, and it was really interesting because it gives you little bits in their own little confined sectors. So if you don't really care about the gangs, you just ignore that bit and you can just look at the weaponry, which is really cool. From there, they also did things like the Night City Live, I think it was called, where they- <laughs> Live? Live? <laughs> which again, just gives like a bunch more information. There's a little bits you can look at for the lore in the background, because this yeah. game is a follow-on of a board game or is related to a board game, a book or something, isn't it? It's uh, like a D&D &D thing. Ah, yeah, there we go. It's and it's all game. part of yeah. the law because the guy who wrote it or made it or something was involved with the design of the game too, right? Wasn't he? <laughs> I think so. Do you know anything about this game? <laughs> I think I think it is, but I can't remember. Yeah. 
I don't know if he had anything to do with the the video game, but he uh, yeah he created the tabletop game essentially, which is it's basically Dungeons and Dragons set in a sci-fi world. That's all you need to know really. It's very translatable. Uh, I haven't played it myself, but I'd like to at some point. I think that might be very cool to do a tabletop version just to see while we're waiting for the the game to get fixed. Yeah, have man. you played it yet, by the way? Have I played what? Cyberpunk. I have put in a fair bit of time, but I'm having to take a break because some stuff isn't working properly for me. His Kit Kat's fallen out of his pocket. Yeah, I, I've stopped as well <laughs> at the moment. I'm. Uh, I feel like I'm not doing it justice by playing it while it's got a lot of glitches. That's a fair shout. Obviously, you don't want yeah. to spoil the experience for yourself because that'll leave a... You'll, you'll exactly, never be yeah. able to... If someone asks for a recommendation, you'll only be able to say no if it's fucked. Exactly. Whereas if you give yeah. it the time and say, I'm not playing it at the minute, but I'll let you know when I do. Yeah. And in like in like the position that we're in where we talk about games on the internet, like this is what we do, I wouldn't want to someone to hear this and not buy it because I wasn't enjoying it. Because they might enjoy it if it's in a complete state, you know, in six months, something looking back down it when they maybe relaunch the game, maybe it's going to be absolutely amazing. I will say this is a holding statement for our stance on the podcast about Cyberpunk. Are you happy for me to do that? Yeah, go for it. Okay. Cyberpunk 2077 is a great game from what I played. It's really, really good. The only mm. issue is that it's really buggy. There's nothing about the game that's incredibly, like, inherently bad. It's just no, it's the enjoyable. bugs at the moment. The game's great. I've enjoyed playing it. Like the shooting's really cool. I like, do I, I don't know. I just, there's something I enjoy about it, and I don't know why because it feels like, I don't know. It feels like Fallout or something like that. It's got the same tone or something. They you can tell that it's been made in the same mold almost. And I don't like Fallout, and that's why I feel strange about it. I'm happy to go with what you just said. That's absolutely I, fine. I think I had to travel two kilometers to a quest. This is the mm -hmm. only video game I've ever played where instead of taking a car and driving to it, I walked there because I wanted to see what the world was like. Yeah, yeah. I literally walked around just like, this is cool as shit, like looking at everything. <laughs> it's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. It was so, it was like really nice because I never do that. I got hit by a car because I wasn't paying attention to where I was <laughs> Me going. Me too, right? I got hit by it <laughs> off my bike as well. But other than that, it was great. I was walking across the street, then I got hit by a car. Other than the broken cyber legs. Great. So what's the next point you'd like to hit on? I think this is one that'll be close to your heart mm. and a franchise you really like. I love the it. New staff joining a project. The announcement of that for a game franchise such as Metroid Harrison yeah! would cause some people some hype. <laughs> Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, damn right. I'm all about the hype. I'm, I'm sitting on that train. I've got the reins around the front and I don't want it to stop. I'm hurtling towards the tunnel. But shit, yeah, there's a man. There's little bells going ding, ding, ding on top but we ain't stopping i expected to scream to be honest yeah well i did scream i think it our discord must have cut it out <laughs> yes Dead I, I definitely i was like yes <laughs> i wondered why you didn't react i was like god he just fucking ignored me screaming just and just carried on off. talking this is 2020 grief burrito we aren't even we're not screaming we're profesh <laughs> I, I that's got me excited in in ways that i haven't really before and i think that's because of like the age that i've reached not that I'm really old, but now that I have more of a comprehension of how games are made and the people and the teams behind it, knowing that people from Amazing Games have moved studio to work on a game franchise that I love has got me excited in a new way because I can look at the work that they've done previously and because obviously we've both been gaming for a long time, we've got quite the gaming back catalogue. So if I look back and see this person's name on this title and be like, okay, this guy did amazing work on this game. The art that he led, whether it's the art direction on this or, you know, the programming in this or the combat mechanics in this or the world design, like, for example, like the guy from God of War that's just joined it. Looking at that in a back catalogue and seeing that he, these people are only going to get better. You know, you're only, as you work on more and more projects, your work improves, your techniques get better. The art style will improve because you'll learn new ways to do it and you'll go outside the box to get different and exciting ways because you're excited about what you're creating and that will excite the people who are going to play it in the, in the long run obviously to look at it from that route is just a whole new manner of excitement so i am very excited for that jordan and i'm glad you mentioned that one so would you say that you're hyped so hyped putting the h in hype putting the putting the capital h in hype hype 
Hell yes. I want to talk to you about promotions, Jordan, because I was looking on Reddit the other day. I was doing a little bit of research. I was looking about what gets people hyped. I got banned from one of the subreddits. Oh, wow, really? Uh, yeah, for asking why people get hyped. And they just straight up permabanned me. And I was like, okay, fuck you. So if you saw my comment on there and you're listening from Reddit, there you go. That's why I'm not there anymore. <laughs> uh, Wait, apparently that's against the rules. Oh, I can't remember. It was like Gamers for Gamers or some shit like that. Shout out to you. <laughs> One of the, the promotions that was mentioned on a couple of the, the uh, Reddits that I was reading through was like old style promotions. And we're talking like Age of Empires, Roller Coaster Tycoon and like old 90s games. And what they did was they targeted kids. And that sounds bad, but in a it very, really very does, special way. It really does, doesn't it? I, I hear it now, like what you said about the thing I said before. Yeah, so they, they targeted kids very efficiently, I'll say as well, because <laughs> they put a free version of these games as a free gift in breakfast cereal. Now, a right. lot of people were showing these images of these old discs for like Age of Empires covered in cornflake dust and frosting, which is really cool, like, because then you could lick the CD while you're playing it and you get two times of hype. Double hype! So you got the full version of the game, and this was a way that kids would now... Well, when you got to school, after having your amazing breakfast, you'd be telling other kids, I got a video game with my breakfast. So these and kids... And then those kids would tell their parents, tell their parents exactly. And they'd go out and buy it because they wanted that game as well. And the very cool thing is there is that the parents would end up playing the games as well. And this was a very interesting entry for gamers of different age groups because RTS games, it seems, were more popular, I'd say, with older generations. Like people used to play them a lot further back, you know, than, you know, what I suppose not like side-scroller adventure games. It's, it's more of an adult game because there's more to think about. There's more planning involved. Do you know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Yeah, you've got something to plan towards instead of just being reactive. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's a really good point. A really good way to put it, actually. Yeah, instead of just being reactive. So the parents would help the kids install these games on their, you know, their house PC that some of them might have had at that time. We're talking Windows ninety five, Windows ninety eight, the classics, and probably play them themselves. So they're getting twice as much. And then when you know Age of Empires two comes out or Roller Coaster Tycoon the accidental death of all these people edition DLC came out, they would probably <laughs> buy it and download it because they wanted more. They wanted more of that. Exactly. Did you ever experience anything like that? Not really. The thing that I remember most was there was a promotion for Payday 2 called The Hype oh, yeah. Train. Oh, nice. Okay. So there was a thing they did where if they got enough hype and people kept kind of integrating with it and I think they had to buy DLCs, when yeah. every time someone bought it, it was like a global goal. So when it got to oh, enough, right. people would get free items because the community had come together. So that was a big promotion they did where literally the website would have a train with all of the heisters hanging off of it as it was like speeding along. That's so cool. See, that's exactly. really nice that they got like the user feedback on there as well for that. The, yeah, like the actual hype train thing. That's the only yeah. real promotion I've experienced. Okay. But and what about like few... pre-orders and stuff? <laughs> I have a copy of Fallout 76, the Power Armor Edition, because it was a gift <laughs> off of my girlfriend at the time. Yeah, and it's very cool. I enjoyed the game from what I played of it. Just, it does kind of... It's a bit of a kick in the teeth, but I think the £175 is just kind of gone. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed wearing the helmet that time, though. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you got some joy out of it as well. I did. Other than that, did you know that there was a game called Mercenaries 2 Harrison? And do you know, know what that it? promotion was? Uh, no, tell me all about it. They gave away £20,000 worth of fuel. Fuel? Fuel. As in petrol? petrol. Yes. Gasoline? Yes. Diesel? So there were queues in London as drivers <laughs> queued up for their £40 worth of free fuel each. Oh my god. What a weird thing to do. That is incredible. If I could have a full pank, like pank, sorry, a full tank of petrol, <laughs> a free pancreas, just what the doctor pancreas. ordered, yeah. a free tank of fuel just for rocking up after buying a game, which uh, Mercenaries 2 was pretty good as well. Yeah, it was I like Just it Cause good, before Just Cause and was a little more grounded. Yeah, that's so cool. It's such a good idea. I remember seeing interviews with people. I Googled it and I was looking at YouTube and so I was like, yeah, this is pretty great. And that was it. I'm loving being late for work. 
I'm loving being late for work. However, forty pounds worth of free petrol. Yes, please. Nice. Dock his wage when he gets to work. <laughs> Not the forty quid off. Shit. <laughs> the game is basically free at that point. Games it in is, the UK yeah. were were forty pounds. Mm. So you'd buy the game and then get a. You either get a free tank of petrol or you're buying the petrol anyway and you get a free game. How do they make money? I have no... They must have teamed up with someone like BP or something like that. Maybe but that's not such a... a this is not a Mercenaries 3. That's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> you get free charging for your electric car. Other than that, the only other thing I can think of promotion-wise is pre-order bonuses. Yes. Which would... Oh, you know, obviously, other than physical things, it could... Mm-hmm. I feel like there is... When people pre-order a game, there's kind of a psychological thing to it. So people have a real tendency to defend something that they have a financial or emotional stake into. Yeah, you know it's that. Yeah. So it yeah. could be you give you couldn't care less about a game franchise, but as soon as you put money down, you and you feel like you have to defend it because they've got your money. Ubisoft are really big for this, so they'll have a bunch of, like, loads of different editions of Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's um, annoying. But I, I think the pre-order bonuses with it, though, you do get kind of, like, extra skins and stuff like that, but then you have different retailers, especially in America, like Target and Walmart will have different pre-order bonuses. Yeah, I find that so strange, as, as someone being from over here, you know? Again, it's then brand loyalty, and you feel like you have to do it, because if you don't, you're not getting something for free. Whereas it's usually it's usually a cosmetic item that you'd never have. Yeah, brand loyalty to Walmart. I love going around and see people walking around in their underwear. Something we should have done in that situation was withhold information on how we yes. really feel about Walmart. Yeah, maybe that would have been a good idea. Give me a bit of shrouding, that mystery. Tell me your drip feed <laughs> strategies. <laughs> Withholding information is really, really weird. Because you'd think that the more you released about a game, the more people would be interested. But it's actually the opposite. That's crazy, isn't it? Like, having less information really makes you want more information. Yeah, but that's how that's human nature, though, isn't it? That's like me saying, like, Jordan, what are you going to have for tea? And it's like, well, it's going to be broccoli on it. And he'd be like, tell me more. It's like, no. What's going with it? (laughs) More broccoli. Oh! You're going to have to wait until 8pm to find out. And you'll be waiting, bated breath, just waiting... (laughs) For me to tell you what's going with broccoli. I'm not having broccoli today. I've already eaten. I don't know why. I'm sorry to lie to you like this. Why would you lie to me live on air? Because you just don't give me the respect I deserve. The broccoli respect. (laughs) The cruciferous respect. The little green tree respect. Yeah. I fucking love broccoli. Same here. Only giving people a glimpse, it lets them speculate. And speculation is such an important part of hype. Do you it agree is, with that? Yeah, it is. It's totally, totally massive in the terms of hype. Do you think, though, that people get their hopes up a little too much? They if can they do. Don't, yeah, you know, yeah. get the right information. It's, it's difficult with that. Like, I think that looking at it from a studio's point of view, and this is something like I asked Carlos, which we'll get into in, in a few minutes on the, the listener comments on it. I think... As a studio making a product that you are, you know, you're making it to be exciting. You're making it for the art to be amazing, the music to be great, the gameplay to be absolutely incredible. And to know what you're, what to show without giving the best bits away must be so hard because you're like, it's like being an artist and making an amazing painting and only being allowed to show them the frame. Exactly. Do you know or what showing I mean? them like, like, here's the bottom right quarter. And it's like, yeah, here's uh, the shade of blue I used, but you can't see what the blue thing is. Exactly. Is it the sea? Maybe. <laughs> is it the sky? Maybe also. Also maybe. I think there are two different sides to that though, aren't there? Like you saying you don't know which part to show because you don't mm-hmm. want to spoil anything. So yeah. the two I've got are Battlefield and Call of Duty, which they okay. always show footage of people playing the game, but it's it's in like, oh, this is how it's meant to be played. Tactical, teamwork. And that's never <laughs> how the fucking game works. Not no, once. Never. Watch any Battlefield trailer. I This is a thing for you listeners at home. Watch any Battlefield trailer that shows the multiplayer. Look at how those people work. play, and you tell me if that's how you've ever seen people play that game. <laughs> the other side of it is Death Stranding, where they showed literally fucking nothing. It's like, you're basically an Amazon delivery guy, and you didn't know until release. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. ah. But again, I love Death Stranding. So a lot of people did. Like, and literally all they showed was some weird shit that leaked out of Kojima's ears when his brain went on the latest scramble. And then at the end, it was like, well, I still don't really know what I'm going to be playing, and it's out tomorrow. 
But I've pre-ordered it. I didn't pre-order. Yeah. I think I bought it normally because I'm, I'm kind of against pre-orders now. But Yeah, I think a lot of people are. And that was something I was seeing a lot of on Reddit when I was, well, before I got permabanned. Uh, a lot of people were like, <laughs> well, well, don't we get the pre-order then. And then people teaming together saying, we're not buying the pre-order. And then like the next day they're like, shit, guys, I bought the pre-order. And it's like, well, you're in a constant cycle. But I think that this is something that I wanted to, to mention about pre-order stuff. Do you think that studios use that now as almost an alleviation of crunch time? So they're trying to get as much money in early as they can to extend the amount of dev time they can pay their people for. I don't know, because pre-orders barely ever take the money off of you straight up. Yeah, that's a good point. It's very rare in the UK that they'll take the money off you straight away. They'll either ask for yeah. a 20-quid deposit if you're buying a console, or they'll ask for like maybe a fiver. You can pay for a game up front, but it's very rare that no that'll happen. Money. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe, I think it's just to get a good representation of what whether people are going to buy it or not. Or yeah, if yeah. people are going to preload it overnight or something like that. But 99% of the time, it's not worth the pre-order. No, no. A lot of people are very disappointed with the pre-orders. And it's a shame. And I think that's the thing that getting overly hyped about something always does. Because sometimes, well, a lot of the times, your expectations are never going to be what your hype is. If you've been so hyped about something for like a year while it's coming out, or seven years for Cyberpunk, you know? Like a lot of people... Still aren't happy, but which is fair enough. I understand. Or a longer time if you uh, if you like Duke Nukem Forever. Exactly, yeah. Stuff like Duke Nukem Forever. <laughs> turn it. Oh God, let's not talk about. Well, actually, we might have to play that. I do an episode on it. Uh, let's get into I, I our listening comments. I think. Have you? Wow, really? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, let's move oh, on why? to. Let's move on. Like you said, so we'll have to run yeah, through these so very quickly comments. because we are coming to the end of the episode quite quick. We are indeed. Thick and fast. So our first one is from Carlos. Thick and fast. Come on, Carlos. Give me what you got. So our first comment comes from Carlos Sanchez, who is the executive producer on quite a few brilliant games. You may know his work on Destiny 2, Forza Horizon 4, just to name two of them. He said about his hype strategies regarding games that studios tend to try and veer away from them, if they're honest, because they can be fairly dangerous. He says he's seen a lot of them not be truly representative, like you said, Jordan, of the final product. So it's obviously something that they are very delicately teetering around to make sure they don't give people uh, misinformation, which is good to show that they're taking that into account, because obviously not all companies want to lie to you and take your money. Like That's not what everyone's going to do. Most people who are shipping games just want to ship you a great game for you to play. So he said, like, most hype is generated through gameplay trailers that should be closer to reality and spot on there, mate, exactly. And when I asked, like, what gets him hyped, he said there's so many things, it's hard to pick one, really. He said he thinks it's mostly a genre for him. He loves MMOs, so anything that looks remotely competent gets him excited. He makes a really good point about stuff not being representative of the final product. Because Ubisoft yeah. are really, really bad for that. Like, do you remember the yeah. comparisons that people have done from E3 to, like, the real release game? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. did you know Cyberpunk is one of the few games that actually looks better on release than in the release trailer or in the, you know, announcement trailers? Really? Yeah, graphically, it's way better. No way, I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, it looks great. I've, you know, from what I've seen on when I've been playing it, but I've been playing it on the Xbox One X, not the Series X. So I'm still getting obviously slightly lower res than other things. Yeah. Uh, well, our next comment. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Uh, but yeah, playing it in 4K, it looks mm -hmm. amazing. It does. It does look amazing in 4K. It really does. I'm just not playing it in those upped speeds, those FPS. <laughs> our next comment calls from, comes from Call Me Gliser, who sent in a voice clip to our Discord. So hear that now. So here's the thing. I love, love, love stories in all mediums of all kinds. And I think video games is a wonderful form of storytelling. It's just so amazing how much you can get into a video game because you as a player can actually participate in the story. And I think so many people are just ignoring that amazing potential of telling a good story through a video game. So I will forgive so many problems on so many glitches or what have you for a great story. And that's what really hypes me up in a video game. Thank you very much, Gliza. Uh, what about our next one, John? This one comes from Lancifer86 from Reddit. They mm -hmm. say, I think the flow of a game catches my attention the most. 
Like with the 2018 God of War, it was so different from the previous titles, but the flow of the game really impressed me and became one of my all-time favorites. I could not agree with that more. That trailer Mm -hmm. was incredible. It was. It was more like an interactive movie. It was so, so good. Yeah, it's it, like you said, you're going to lend me that game. I can't wait to play it. I know I so much about the game flow and the way it actually works and the combat. It just looks incredible. As we said about the uh, the guy who's going on to Metroid, the world designer from that, that's again made me want to see or what's he done before. So that's also got me like, it's got me hype looking backwards, backwards hype. The train is in <laughs> reverse. You know what I'm saying? Indeed. <laughs> Let's get on there. Crashing through stations. Our next comment comes from Duchess, also from Reddit. He said, or she said, I'm not sure, they didn't say, what grabs me is those things, because I said about, about music and that sort of stuff. He says that it's also gameplay. You know the important part? Generally, these days, if a trailer doesn't show gameplay, I must assume that it's trash. And if the gameplay includes lots of five-star units, ETC, then I know that I'm looking at an extremely pay-to-win gacha game, or gacha game, which people may know if those little Japanese coin machines where you spin and get little toys and stuff as for developers i generally get more hyped for games made by developers that i trust so nintendo is an example of a company renowned for its consistent quality at least for its first party games uh, last year he bought two copies of fantasy strike for full price crazy right i felt more confident in my purchase because i knew that david serlin really cares about the competitive balance and he also put out character spotlight videos which directly explain the gameplay very interesting Oh, kind of what? No, it sounds kind of like what they do with Overwatch when there's a balance change. Yeah, yeah, seems it. Yeah, it's nice when people actually care about their community. Like, I forgot what he's called. The guy who does the Overwatch ones. And he's like David Kapling or something like that, possibly. He always does it where he comes out and he says, this is what's changed with the character, things like that. So it gives people that explanation so everyone's not trying to figure out themselves, which is really nice. It just shows that they care. The next one is from Kaching09 from Reddit. It says... Personally, I'm a sucker for a good soundtrack. I agree with you. If a trailer sounds good, then I'm already in. It's always good to see a decent amount of gameplay too, because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how nice the pre-rendered cutscenes are if the game doesn't match. And Mm -hmm. I've never been massively invested in particular directors apart from maybe Hideteki Miyazaki. But devs, yeah, some of them have really earned goodwill in my eyes. ID Software, Respawn, Team Cherry. These guys have reliably put out excellent content that I've really enjoyed. So their names on a product could act as almost kind of a product quality guarantee, if that makes sense. Yeah, like a little gold seal. Respawn is one that is definitely a great team to look out for. They've just uh, opened another new studio, I think. So I think we might be getting Titanfall 3. Please give it me. I want it. If I got Titanfall 3 and Metroid Prime 4... That'd be the end of days. The end of your days of having social interaction. This is going to be all we have time for in the comments. This chat will be continuing on in the Discord. There's a couple more comments in there if you want to join and have a read through and maybe start a conversation off. We should probably hit our weekly recommends, Jordan. Things ever watched and played to recommend to you. Indeed. So I've been playing Jurassic World Evolution, which is a fun theme park building game with dinosaurs. I think it cost me a fiver on the Steam sale. And it's really, really good. I'm enjoying it. Is that, see, that was one I was on the fence about. I wasn't sure on the electric fence about, I should say. I wasn't sure whether <laughs> I was going to buy that like a little child yeah. flown across the room. Well, that's the disappointment of getting on the hype. You're like, oh, God, <laughs> Dr. Grant. And you get shot across the room. It looks very cool, though. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Tell me a bit about it. You have the ability to send out the... Wait, did you ever play the PlayStation 2 game? Of I didn't, the... no. Okay, it's. I think it's basically a remake of that. You... Oh, okay. You've got to send off excavation teams to go get fossils. You've got them research the fossils. You've got to do research on illnesses and stuff for the animals, create hotels, that kind of stuff, and build a park. Uh, I'm playing through the campaign at the minute instead of the free play because I want to kind of slowly get through everything. Yeah. Because I'd imagine it can be quite hectic because you do have certain islands that will literally just like, there'll be a thunderstorm and everything's fucked. So you need to understand yeah, how to out. not let that happen. I had raptors escape from an enclosure the other day. Oh, shit. And I had to no keep way. tranquilizing them because I forgot to put electric fences on. So I just had to oh ke- keep ordering the aerial unit to just keep looping back out. Just like, just keep tranquil. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but you can drive around the Jeeps and stuff like that as well. 
What do you say? You can drive your jeeps around. Yeah, you can drive the jeep, so you can go around the park and oh, like sick. fix things or go refill animal feeders. That's well good. Like, and as it, as it solved your fear of T Rexes, I will not lie. So there's a dinosaur like a T Rex in there. I can't remember what it's called, but when it came out of the um, the enclosure to like you release them from the breeding area, it's based on Jurassic World. So yeah, um, when it came out of the enclosure, it did the the roar, and I was like, oh, I don't like that. Like shuddered. No way, it actually got you. Well, it was just like looking uh, at it. I was like, I remember that I'm uneasy about this and I just felt a bit uneasy. But then I was like, it's oh, a video shit. game. What's wrong with me? So I just kind of got it's over it pretty it's quick. not real. And you realized you were sat in your own wee-wee. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> what have you got to recommend? My recommend this week is actually a new show on Netflix. It's called Alice in Borderland and it's a Japanese series about these a group of friends who get transported from Tokyo randomly they uh they run across uh, Shinjuku crossing sorry Shibuya crossing and into they get chased by the police and they run into a a cubicle like a toilet cubicle and they're all hiding in there and then suddenly the lights turn off and all the sound disappears and when they go back outside everyone has disappeared the whole population of Tokyo in a snap of a fingers it's gone. I'm aware of this. Yes, it's actually pretty damn good. The The first episode was good. The second episode in the block of flats is brilliant. Like, really exciting, really good. Watch it in... I've been watching it in the Japanese version when I'm not eating. I switch it to the English dub when I'm eating so I don't have to keep looking up and down at my food. Uh, you know, looking up and down to read subtitles. And then I flick back to the Japanese version. But it's a very good show. Each episode is really different. They have to compete in games to survive. Yeah. And it's like... I don't know. It's They have what's called a visa. And if you don't participate in a game and win for five days, this random laser shoots down from the sky and just kills you dead. And it's just like, oh, shit. Okay. So it's got very interesting. I highly recommend it. Check that biz out. Speaking of giant lasers that will come down from the sky and evaporate you, if you want any more of this awesome bonus content and merch, you can always go through to patreon.com forward slash griefburrito or join our Discord below. Or if you're someone who is awesome and wants to do awesome things with your life, you could even leave us a review, maybe a couple of little words, let us know what you thought of the show as that really helps us reach more listeners. All the links to that will be below where you can also join the Discord as well. Again, look at this with all these Discord plugs because we want to chat to you guys. It's awesome chatting to you all every week. Next week, guys we'll be joined by the incredible lulu pew from twitch and we'll be going over the most anticipated video games of 2021 so make sure not to miss out on that one yes harrison are we ready to go let's do it let's jump on this high train and raid it out of here choo choo motherfuckers